All right, good morning, everybody. I'm going to invite the kiddos, uh, ages baby on up to third grade, I think, or maybe not babies these days. I don't know who's... If you can walk, it's probably a good chance you want to hang out and do what we're doing here next. All right, so come on up. Is it just you today? You got the plan? What if I said I was handing out cash? Does that help? Does anybody... All of a sudden, we got some 50-year-olds pretending they're our age. All right. So you know what this is? What is this? What would we call this thing, this blue thing? A tote, right? Kind of a big receptacle. Do you use that word much? In great receptacle, something that holds things. What do we call these? You know what these are. You put food in these, right? And you notice over time they turn colors because you're not supposed to microwave them, but I do. So these are containers, right? Oh, you want to pick that one up for me? They're clean, I promise. So these are containers. And we're going to talk today about how we shouldn't try putting our time into different containers. Okay? Time is not something we separate. What does that mean? So I'm going to give you this. Each of you take one of these. You're just going to hold on to it, okay? And I'm going to ask you a question. Spread these out. Hand these out, okay? I want you to put your bracelet in the container that you think gets the most time. All right, so be honest. I know school just started, so we're going to label these video games, carnival rides, homework, yelling at my brother, sister, or parents, okay? Which one do you spend the most time doing every week? Getting into fights. We can just say fights. Homework, playing video games, all right? Put your bracelet where you spend the most time every week. Ha-ha! That's good stuff. Playing. Oh, we got a gamer. All right, what else we got? There it is. All right, homework. Very good. Where do you want to put those to? Look at, turn around real quick. Now look at all those old people, okay? You get one for the old people. What do you think they spend their time doing? <laughs> Getting into fights, work, sitting around. That's video games, right? All right, so go ahead and put where you think they go. Remember, this one is... This one's a sitting around video games, this one's playing, this one's work, and this one's fighting. Work, fighting, wow. That's cold. That's cold right there. All right. So not too much sitting around, okay? Not bad. A lot of playing, right? Corn Palace days, that's how that rolls. All right, what else we got? Workers. Fighting and arguing. Ooh, that's a rough one, right? And we could have lots of different stuff too, right? We could have reading, we could have sleeping, we could have eating, we could, what else could we have? We have sports, playing, you know, outside activities or singing songs. What about church? Yep. Church is kind of like here, right? It's one hour every week. We come here, try to 
figure out what Steve's trying to say at the children's message and then go back, right? So what we're going to talk about while you guys are at children's church is how this isn't really how time works in, in the Bible. And as God tells us about time, time works a little differently. All of this stuff fits in God's time. And just like when you're recycling and everything kind of mixes together and they make new things out of it, God takes all of our time, our working, our playing, our sleeping, our mad, happy, angry, games, scared, and he takes it all. The one hour we spend here at Fusion is just like the other 167 hours we have the rest of the week. It's all God's, right? And so that's what I want you guys to think about this week as you're going at school and as you're playing with your friends and as you're with your family. Every time you see a clock, I want you to think, that's God's time. I wonder how much God loves me right now. And the answer is a lot. Anytime you look at a clock, anytime you're doing something, God sees you, God knows you, God loves you, and God wants something great for you in that time, all right? Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you so much for these kids, and I just wish that you would, uh, and I pray that you would watch over them, guide them, keep them safe and strong throughout their week, guide their families. We thank you for bringing them here today. Uh, guide now as they go to Children's Church and as they hear continued words about you, uh, that the stories that they share together might give light and life to their friends and family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, head on up. Thanks for your time. See what I did there? That was a time thing. Yeah, good. I wish you all could have seen the looks on their faces when I asked them what they thought you did with your time out there, congregation. That was, that was a very interesting look. All right. <clears throat> So my name is Steve. Uh, if you've never met me before, I uh, teach a few classes here at Dakota Wesleyan. Um, I'm around quite a bit, and so it's always good when the semester gets started. I don't have an official role. I'm usually just walking around, or as Taryn and others like to say, I can always tell when you're here, because every time I hear someone just shouting for no good reason at someone who's not even paying attention to them in a the hallway, I know you're here. It's like something, uh, it's fun. Uh, I grew up on a farm. Does everybody know what a farm is? Raise your hand if you know what a farm is. It's where they make your uh, canola oil butter spread. No. Well, it is, kind of. What? Okay, so on a farm, the hours of the day have a little bit of a different meaning than they do in the business world, right? You wake up when your dad yells at you to wake up because you're not up yet, and then you work until the sun goes down, and then if you're not done, you keep working. And so when I did start into my pastoral ministry, I had a somewhat decently unhealthy view of my time. There wasn't enough hours in the day. I would say yes to things and pack things and, and try to enter into a life that was not really sustainable because my, my idea of time was and still kind of is messed up. 
There was one part of time that was very specific to me, and uh, that was called church time. So 9 a.m. every Sunday, we'd go to Tolstoy United Methodist Church, and I would be told that I needed to dress up, comb my hair, and everybody there was in their type of clothes. Do we, those of you who grew up going to church, there's a particular dress code for church. It's called your Sunday best. Why is that? Because they said so. Good answer. So, Sunday best. And I remember very vividly that moment when I could get home and put on something comfortable, right? I could take off that polo shirt or that set of khakis and put on my gym shorts and go run around. Like there was, there was something that didn't fit with that cultural connection. But the other thing it kind of pointed out to me, and something we're going to try to combat today in our message, is this idea that that one hour of worship every week, that thing that a lot of pastors and church leaders spend most of their time planning for, and we all dedicate ourselves to get here for, to join online or connect with throughout the week, that hour of worship is somehow different than the rest of the hours of the week. And what we're going to talk about today is that's not how God's time works. There's 168 hours in a week. There is no magic hour that is only meant for worship. All 168 is meant for worship. So what does that mean? So remember where we've been in this series so far. Um, God created time. Right? God works in our time, and God ultimately completes and redeems our time. That's where we started. Taryn, last week, Pastor Taryn talked about how living out your 168 every week for God and in God's time is going to require a commitment. And that commitment's usually going to involve either tearing down a wall we've put up around our time to let God in and others in, or it's going to mean building some sort of foundational rock or practices or something where, where we can stand firm and live off of. Because if you're not committed, our time just kind of goes away. Today, we're going to talk about how time is not meant to be compartmentalized. We're going to start breaking down some of those cultural things we might bring to us around God's time being this time, this hour on a certain day of the week, and our time being the rest. We're going to look at it a little bit differently. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, the illustration I couldn't escape this week to help me talk to you about this today is this. Brady, if you would. The Milverine. Does anybody know who, who in the world this is? Anyone? No Milwaukee people? All right, so this, last, this is good. This will take about 45 minutes to explain then. <laughs> Should have picked a better illustration. All right, so this week I got to travel on a road trip with one of my best friends, uh, Derek, and we went to Milwaukee to watch the Twins lose two horribly played games in 110 degree heat. Okay, wonderful. A lot of sweat. Great times. On Tuesday night, 
it was Marvel Comics night. So they had a theme night going throughout the, the ballpark, right? They had pictures of people who look like the different characters in the movies. And who threw out the first pitch of Tuesday night but the Milverine? Okay, feel free to Google him. It's interesting, right? Derek and I had not seen the Milverine before. Everyone else in the stadium stood and just roared. Apparently, the Milverine is a local legend in Milwaukee. In fact, he's never left Milwaukee. That's one of his claims to fame. He can be seen walking around Milwaukee just like that without the claws, but he's always got his shirt hanging in his belt loop, and he's walking four to five hours a day around the neighborhoods of Milwaukee. He's been doing it his whole life. In fact, everybody, there's such a social media following and like a good neighbor, like giving him free food and drink and just taking selfies with him. Like he's a local hero and legend. Why? Because he's always present. And he kind of looks interesting, right? <clears throat> In fact, a couple years ago, he hurt his knee and he couldn't walk. And social media went nuts. Like there are conspiracy theories that the government had shut down the Milverine and where is the Milverine hiding? Is he being trapped? Was he actually a superhero? He's on another planet. Like, and he didn't have a computer, so he didn't know any of this was going on. He just couldn't walk. And it was an interesting, they did a documentary on him and, and the things that were lost when he couldn't be walking around, making those connections, doing his life. So what does this have to do with God's time? As you think about where you walk around during the week, where are the places you go? What are the situations you're in? Who's around you? Who's expecting you? Who notices you? Who doesn't? Again, at this point, a disclaimer, don't say when the Mitchell Republic interviews you that you're walking around without a shirt on next week because Pastor Steve gave you an illustration in your sermon, okay? Don't put that on me. But what I'm trying to point out is people notice us. They notice us on campus, how we walk, how we talk, how we hold ourselves. People notice you walking around the carnival or in local restaurants. They notice you on Friday mornings and Friday nights. So with that, I want to share a word of Scripture. It's not going to be on the screens, but I invite you to pull it up on your phones because we're going to go back, and back into this again and again throughout the next few minutes. It's Romans chapter 12. Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And I'm going to read this from the message paraphrase translation, kind of a common, common everyday speak version of the scripture. And then, then I'll take us into, a, into another original language translation. But, but here's what the Apostle Paul has to say to the church. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. 
Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your eyes, your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. You can readily recognize what he wants from you and be able to quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. First, a word on offering. We take one every week, right? Another church thing, an act, once a week that we wonder, how did that get to be once a week? What was the thing with that? But uh, offering is such an interesting word in God's time and in God's people. In the time when Jesus was around, offering meant taking since most people were farmers or worked with animals or agriculture, you'd take your first of the harvest and you'd give it to the church as an offering. You'd take your best animal and you'd share it at the altar as a living sacrifice. Because people needed it? No, not necessarily. Because it was a way for, for us to acknowledge that everything we have is God. Everything that we work for is the Lord's. Every minute we've been given is God's to start with. And so when we start talking about time as an offering, it kind of gave me pause this week. I don't know about you, but I haven't necessarily thought about time in the same way I think about my money. In this culture, when we pass around the offering baskets, usually people pass it by because they're giving online or they don't have cash on them anymore. Or I think Taryn said you could just put your whole credit card in it and we get it back to you next week. But I'd, let me double check on that before next week. But, but even that within our culture has changed, right? If you go to a Major League Baseball game right now with a wad of cash like my dad used to bring with him, you don't get anything. It's all cashless. Like, you're trying to help somebody on the street. When was the last time I even had a dollar to give? And so just as that changes, the way we associate with time changes too. Back when my parents were growing up, people had all sorts of time to give to their neighbors on Sundays and Saturdays and whatnot. Why? They didn't go very far during the weekend. Go back a few generations to the wagon wheel days, guess what? You also didn't go very far on the weekends. You had to be within walking distance to get back to your animals. So we live in a new time. And so it's appropriate we're having this series and talking about these things. What does it look like to give our time as an offering in 2023?
I want to read from another uh, translation. The New Revised Standard Version of Romans 12. So take whatever one you pulled up, if you pulled one up on your Bible app, and read along with me. This is the same exact scripture, just interpreted a little bit differently in different English words. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies, yourself, as a living sacrifice. So where in the other translation it said offering, here it actually says a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed by this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I love the Greek word for living. I think it would be my superhero name if I got to choose one. It's Zozan. That doesn't sound as cool now that I say it out loud in front of others as I did when I was in the mirror checking my muscles to see if they got bigger. Okay. We've all done it. Don't act like you haven't. That's, that's part of growing up in a teen wolf generation. All right. Zozan. It literally means living alive. Living alive. That seems kind of redundant, doesn't it? Living alive. But I think we've all seen people who might have been having a pulse, but we wouldn't say they're alive, right? Or they had a life and God had given them time, but they weren't living. It was the same way in Jesus' time. It was the same in, as Paul's writing to the church in Rome. There's a difference between having a heartbeat and living alive. In Jesus' day, there was the temptation, just as it now, to give our worst fruits, not our first fruits. They had the DW food drive last week. Anyone tempted to hand out that pumpkin pie filling from two years ago? How many of those did you get? Any? Not a, a little? A lot? Not like a stack? Coconut milk that is no longer white, right? We have these desires in us. I remember one time very vividly, someone came and they were looking for clothes, and I went to my closet because I lived near the church, and I was like... That's my favorite. That's my... Everybody else could borrow it. And what we're talking about today is what happens if you live your time that way? What happens when you try to save your best hours of the week for yourself? On the surface, as hectic and as tiring as things can be, that seems like good self-help, right? But in reality, it's just playing that false game that the world works like this, like we talked about with the kids. Okay. Well, here's my me time. And here's my church time. And here's my workout... Ah, uh, don't worry about that one. Here's my... Here's my driving by myself because I don't want to put up with what's at home time and then here's work there's like 
this job, and then some of us have two jobs, and then some of us have three jobs, right? And we're trying to figure out, I have a limited amount of energy. How is it going to go into these things? I have kids. I have babies. I have homework. I have friends who are having a hard time. I have doctor's visits. And when you spread it out like this, it's obvious, like, okay, which time am I giving to God? Well, I need to pay my mortgage. So that one's safe. Uh, I already bought the tickets to the Twins game, so that one's safe. Uh, I really love those caramel apples, so healthy eating's going there this week. Like, where? And we play this game with ourselves. Usually all 168 of the week, right? All 168 hours. It's almost like an open competition. The world versus our time. Am I alone in that? And we say, some of it's out of our hands, you know? I'd get fired if I didn't go to work. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying don't go to work. Someone would say, we'd get kicked out of school. I'd lose my scholarship if I didn't go to practice. We're not saying don't go to practice, don't go to class. What Paul's trying to express in the, in the letter to the church way back 2,000 years ago is the same as we're trying to express here at Fusion this month. We're trying to remind each other, to hold each other accountable to the fact that when you are at work, be alive. Live alive. When you're at church, at Fusion, live alive. When you're at Corn Palace days, live alive. When you're trying to sleep, but you can't because you're too worried about something that lies ahead or something that you don't know how to fix, sleep alive. What is the reason for this? Not, not some old school Santa Claus like, God's always watching every 168, kids, so behave. That's, that's the creepiest Santa Claus God voice I've ever made, right? But some of us grew up with that. Every hour is God's time, so don't mess up. Don't do bad. Don't say a bad word. It's funny to watch everybody's time change when they find out I'm a pastor. So I start getting all these apologies. Oops. Oops. <laughs> we're constantly fighting the way our culture says we're supposed to divide our time for someone else's benefit. And our scripture tells us that you're going to spend your time in lots of places and lots of ways with lots of people, and it's all God's. All time is God's to be used for God's glory. There's time for play. It's called the Sabbath. It's built into creation. There's time for sleep. It's called your body's going to do it anyway, whether you like it or not, so you might as well have somewhere soft and comfortable, hopefully, to do it. To rejuvenate our bodies, it's part of creation, right? There's time for work. There's time for worship. There's time for singing. But if we continue to see our hours every week as competition, 
or something to be borrowed or stolen from someplace else, it's going to be really hard to live alive as we're called to live. And why is it so important to live alive? Why is it so important to fully be ready and waiting and present with God in all of our walking around, at work, sleep, eat, time? It's how our scripture closed, do you remember? So you might know what God wants. So you might be alive and alert and awake to know what's next. Not just going through the motions, not just doing something against your will, not just begrudgingly entering into a worship service, but really, truly saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to be ready for it. Because if we can't put ourselves in a position to recognize what God desires for us, how can we ever get to enjoy living that? If we're not alert to the fact that something that happens on a Tuesday morning has just as much importance as right now, right here on a Sunday morning, in God's eyes, think of all we'll miss. So if you haven't gotten one of these already, and I don't know what your fashion sense is, if white wristbands are not your vibe, you can wear them in your pockets and remember them every time you're looking for the keys you lost this week, right? Like, take one of these if you haven't already. Use these as a way to remember that every hour of every day is not ours to start with, but it's ours to live with. And the next time you feel tempted to think that you're in the midst of something that's not important or you're not sure that you have the time to spare or you're not even sure what God has in store for you that day, hopefully this will be something that you can wear and remember that I don't know where this is going. I don't know what's coming next, but I know if I'm living alive right now, I got a good chance of figuring it out. It's a reminder that God is in every 168 of your hours of your week. From those moments when uh, joyful kids are not excited. Any parents in the room? We know that call. What about those hours when we're feeling all alone? God's in that time. God calls to us in that time. So let's not hide it away. Let's not act like it's not important. Would you pray with me?